Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast, exploring how our thoughts and feelings influence our actions. I am Steve Nathanson, CEO and founder of Strive for More, professional coaching firm, and... I'm Andrew Marangoni, founder and CEO of Steel City Pack Leader. Together, we founded Pittsburgh Pet Care, where coaching and pet care meet. And this is our podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Resilient Mind with Andrew and Steve. Steve, how are you doing this morning? I'm good, my friend. Uh, actually, really, really good. And I'm excited for the conversation we're going to have. I think it's going to be very relatable to a lot of folks. So uh, happy to have this topic on our plate today. What is our topic? Because it's your choice. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's hear it, sir. Yes. Yeah, so in short, it's making work personable again. I feel like as we've gone through the past two years and we've switched entirely to virtual working for the most part, work has become very transactional. And this is nothing new. Virtual teams have been around. And I remember <laughs> years before the pandemic studying when I was getting my master's in organization development and leadership, how to lead virtual teams. There was the question back then, how do we do it? Because we face the same challenges actually back then than we do now, but the good news is there's ways to overcome the challenges that we see. And the short version of this is in virtual teams, work becomes very transactional. We tend to only reach out to folks when we need something to catch up on it. How are things going? We've taken the personal element out of it because the impromptu things that happen organically in person are no longer there, whether it's water cooler talk, whether it's in the break room, whether it's, man, I just need to get up from my cubicle, kind of walk around, and then I run into Susie, and we had a great conversation about her kids and the soccer game they played this past weekend. You know, we miss that type of element. We've taken the personal nature out of it because it's all virtual. So before we dive too much into the elements of how to rehash that and work in the corporate space, I'm very curious to hear your take on it because as someone who runs his own business and a business that requires in-person components of it because you're walking people's animals, you're taking care of them, and you may have interactions now with folks that are in person that you're employing, uh, you may not. You may have remote virtual type of interactions as well. So I'm very curious to hear your take on this and what you've observed over the past couple of years. Sure. And, you know, I, my business is very in-person and personable and it's a relationship business. It's yeah. based on building relationships with your, with yourself and your dog and creating what you want out of life. Um, so there's, there's not a lot of mechanicalness to my business, uh, as far as like the transactional piece. Um, I guess the most transactional piece that uh, could get more transactional is like onboarding new clients and that sales kind of part. Yeah. Um, but I personally feel that that is a choice and you can make yourself personable no matter how mechanical the means. Um, I actually find Zoom to be very um, personable and, and, and interconnective. I find it more connective than the phone, which was what I was doing prior to, you know, the, the lockdown. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that our spatial 
cues and our physical connectivity has changed the most drastically. Like my relationships with my clients are still very much personal and intact. Um, but when we interact, like we're constantly circling around each other, like every time they move towards me, I automatically am moving out of their space. And, you know, I almost do it second nature now. And I'm wondering like, well, is this just going to be how I behave from now on? Mm -hmm. Like, and when that happens in those moments, I still kind of have this feeling of like, um, what message is that sending? It's like, you're still contagious, <laughs> right. right? And it, it doesn't allow for um, a lot of deep eye contact or stale or, or sitting moments um, where I think a lot, of connect, a lot of connection can happen between two people. Yeah. Um, but that's why I find like working through Zoom actually kind of works through that because we do get that. It's you know, surprisingly intimate through video. Um, And I've really appreciated what this abruption of life has created. It's definitely shifted the world's things. And some, in some aspects, I feel the world has definitely gotten way more transactional but on the other side Mm -hmm. I feel like this there's this a lightning of more people kind of coming into no I don't want the world to be a giant like tit for tat transaction like I want to share my experience and others experiences of the world and I think we're all finding that to be you know more important to the average person and we're bringing that out and seeing that in the world right now yeah I love it because as usual, there's great points in what you've talked about. And I'm truly grateful that you're willing to talk about your experiences and what you see. And I love to chew off of that. And actually there's four things that I feel are very applicable to it. I think the first is, which is our mentality, specifically our mentality of leaders as leaders, excuse me, of how we're approaching our work. The second of which is the video piece of it. Do we turn our camera on? Do we not? How personable do we make it? How impersonal do we make it? The third piece is agreements between folks. How are we going to interact? What are you comfortable with? And then the fourth thing that you brought out is the common humanity element of it. We are all in it together. You know, that's what binds us together is we're all human. And when we embrace that and recognize that, we're much more easily able to achieve what we want, especially making things personal. So let me hit these kind of in in order. The first one on the mentality piece of it. We as leaders are very overwhelmed at the moment still. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think we see these great resignations. People are burnt out. They're tired of dealing with things that aren't shifting or changing. Burnout is often described, a key characteristic of it anyways, is just beating my head against the wall, expecting different results, but it never happens, (laughs) right? I'm running into the same hurdle and roadblock all the time. And that's the way that we can feel when we don't have clear direction. We've got too much on our plate. We're in meetings back to back. So I have eight hours of meetings and then I have to do everything else that you expect me to do on top of that. And you don't care. I'm getting four hours of sleep and there's no humanity that I'm being shown by my leader, 
all these things can play a role in how do we interact with our folks. Do we have enough time to actually even dedicate to them? Or have we naturally gone into this in a pure transactional setting because we don't think we have the time to take to do that with our folks? And we just have to check in on how are things going? Is this done yet? What do we need to get it moving on? And we just make it very work related. So I love the point that you brought out initially because as leaders, if we're already allowing everything else to bleed into our mentality and shift it into something that's purely transactional, that's what's going to come across to the folks that we're leading. Some of the most personable leaders that I've worked with over the past two years make a very considered effort to touch base with their employees, whether it's phone, whether it's virtual. In some instances, they've been able to do in person. And again, with this, of course, what you're comfortable with. But the key there is it's not all work-related. They truly care about their folks. They catch up with them on what's going on in life, their family, helping them through challenges that they're facing and making a true relationship and personable connection. And it comes down to, can we be friends with our employees or not? And yes, you absolutely can. It doesn't mean you have to go out and go to happy hour with them after work and have that type of a relationship but it means that we can truly care about those that we lead and be able to successfully lead them. And it comes down to having a true relationship with them, true care, and actively making that effort that says, I'm not just gonna reach out to you just for work. So let me pause there before I hit the, the next one, because I threw a lot out there. What do you think, Andrew? Well, I, I definitely agree with you is <clears throat> it's a mindset, right? And it comes down to how you practice, how you want to be in life. Um, so if you want to make things personable, you just need to be mindful of that when you go into these interactions is that person, personability and connection over transaction is, um, here's how I look at when I'm meeting with new people is, how, how do I display value to this person and give them space to share what is going on with them? Mm. Um, because honestly, like <clears throat> when somebody calls me, I could almost say like, you don't even need to talk. Here are your problems. I almost al already know what you're going to tell me. Um, but if I did that, then people would be like, well, you know, you know there's, I need to hear the story about what's going on with them. Because a lot of times the story that they've written about their relationship is the part that needs the most work. Mm -hmm. It's not what's actually going on in front of them. It's the story they've been writing. Yeah. Um, so I, I need to hear that out. So I think being personable and having the mindset of I'm going to hear this person out. Um, and I do like a 15 minute get to know you call. And sometimes them just telling me how they got the dog could take 10 minutes, right? So that leaves me almost five minutes to be like, here's how I can help you. Um, but that's how I want to be with them. I yeah. want to be a listener. I want to give them the space to say, here's what I'm struggling with. And then I can say, all right, well, here's how I can support you. I'm smiling because you brought up a really great point. I love to illustrate this exact thing that we're talking about. Why do we not like cold 
callers and telemarketers because all they do is not listen to us and try to sell something and they don't try to get to know us. The reason why we buy stuff from people is because we have trust in them. We value what they're bringing to us and that it can help us solve what we're facing. And that comes from relationships. So you're illustrating this point beautifully. And as leaders, when we talk about the way that we're interacting with folks and this mentality, that really helps is, am I truly caring about this person and building that relationship and actually taking steps to do that? And one of the things that I feel is important there is actually in the word leader. Lead, right? It's in leader. Oftentimes, people run into the challenge of asking questions or asking for people to speak up and you get radio silence, right? There's nothing. No one speaks up. The simple trick to overcome that is to lead. Share about yourself first. Open it up. Make it okay. Set the example. It's the same thing we're talking about here. When we want to make things personable, we have to be personable ourselves and take that first step with our folks. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, it's, it's a mindset. Um, in uh, Zen, Zen philosophy, basically, they, they say one of the key components to that is doing everything in excellence or to the best of your ability. No matter what task you are you know, given, do it with an attitude of, I'm going to do this the best I can for all parties involved. Um, and if we all did that, I, I think the world would be a tremendously different place. Yeah. But a lot of the, the, the thought out in the world is there's not enough time. How many corners can we cut? How can we get the most bang for our buck, you know, kind of thinking is, you know, how much can we get out of, you know, squeezing the rock, basically. Right. right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because if we have that kind of mentality and that approach, then as you've highlighted very, very, very truly, <laughs> it dictates the way we behave and the interactions that we have with other people and then what that causes them to think or see and perceive. And if we're just about, you know, pure, say, capitalism, to summarize your points, and we don't care about anything but that growth of money, that's gonna come across. And so another big reason why making things personal again is very necessary is to interject engagement back into the lives of our employees, make them feel like they're cared for and wanted for and a part of something. And to that, one of the other things that you highlighted, the second point that came out of it was I think the video interactions, the virtual nature of it. I really enjoy Zoom as well. I know people are Zoom fatigued, right? I know that that term is there. But what's the true difference between being on Zoom and being in person in meetings? If we were in person, would we be expected to show up and look professional? Yeah. Whatever that is for our industry, right? Jeans, t-shirt, suit, dictated by industry, dictated by company. But it's different when we have the option to turn off our video. 
one of the things that is universally true about the video piece though is if it's no video it just becomes a telephone call and you miss the personable element of it well with vid with telephone excuse me you do get characteristics of someone's voice their inflection their pitch their tone their pacing of it the energy that comes in there you do miss all the visual cues we're very visual as human beings so the video adds that element just like we get from in person we're not going to get the real tangible energy that comes from the in-person but we're going to get a lot of the visual cues that we would there to pick up on and make it a more personable conversation so i know this may throw a little bit of controversy out there but i do believe that it is good for us to have our videos on it's good to have that type of connection whether it's Zoom, Microsoft Teams, BlueJeans, WebEx, uh, there's a number of different video conferencing software out there. They're all going to work a little bit differently. Google Meet, right? That's another one. In there, it's it's one-on-one. It is much easier to have video on and have that conversation and have that connection. It is more difficult when we do groups. But a lot of different systems allow you to have a gallery view, if you will, a group view. So a couple tricks to help make this. Number one, if you're speaking to groups, have it in gallery view, be able to see people. If you're presenting, set up your screen and move your videos in gallery mode so that you can see other folks while you're presenting, not just the presentation of it. And even if you're watching the presentation, same thing. So the trick that I use that I'll share in Zoom, you're able to move your videos could be single view, it could be gallery view, but when I present, I will take it in gallery view and put it above my presentation, right below my video, my, excuse me, my camera that's filming the video so that I can see people's reactions when I speak to them. I'll even stop the screen share at certain points to regain that face-to-face -face connection and that in-person connection. So there's ways even in this video world to make things personal again. I know we've been very cognizant of people wanting to be on camera, people not wanting to be on camera, trying to be very respectful of folks to be able to give them what they feel they need to be as comfortable as possible. But when we talk about the pure transactional nature of it, if I have my camera on and I'm talking to someone who doesn't, it depersonalizes it. It doesn't actually help the connection. It degrades our connection together. They don't care enough about me to have my camera on. So I want to pause for a moment and ask, you know, when someone doesn't have their camera on and you do and you're talking to them, how does that make you feel? We forget about that. It, it makes you feel awkward is what it does. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it almost makes you feel like you want to even the odds and be like, all right, if you're not going to have your camera off, I'm turning mine off too. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah. you know, I've, I've done a few I've done a few sessions where people caught the call in their car and they're like, I'm just going to, you know, treat it like a phone call. And I was like, all right, um, because I'm trying to build trust, I usually will leave my video on in that situation. Mm -hmm. um, but it does leave me feeling a little awkward because I, I feel at a disadvantage. I feel like I'm, I'm almost being interrogated behind a two-way mirror. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's valid because when we turn our camera off, 
what are we thinking? Oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm not ready. I don't want to show them my house or, you know, I didn't shower this morning. I don't want to do that. The question is, if we were in the office, would these things fly? Right? The answer, the answer is no. And I, and I don't mean that in, in a negative way or in a judgmental condescending way at all. It's there's a disparity. We taken the opportunity to disconnect. And as folks who are say in that meeting, we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing that actually feeds into things being transactional and personable? If I'm not gonna turn my camera on, what am I showing? And right, even if we did this back in the office, right? Okay, yeah, I'm not gonna turn my camera on because I don't need to listen to this meeting. I'm gonna go and do things in the background and I don't want people seeing me doing it, right? That happened in the corporate world and very real before this pandemic happened. What message are we sending there as well? So it's active uh, on all parties to think about what message are we sending when we turn video off or we turn it on and how we're interacting over video. And it's not just as leaders that are responsible for that. But as leaders, we can do a couple things. We can make people feel very comfortable. We can help them find an appropriate spot in their house to have their video on. I've had many clients who've done that. And then to your third point that you brought out, Andrew, which is a nice blend into here, is agreements, connection with people, understanding. You use the example of, you know, when I'm interacting with my clients, I naturally kind of shift as they shift, right, to maintain the, the social distance element of it. It comes down to easing that by having agreements. You know what, Jody? I know you've got your kids here at home. You know what? I've got my dogs here as well. They may pop up on camera. Guess what? That's okay. I'm completely fine with that. Setting that context, creating that comfort and that trust. You know, and Sean, hey, I, I know you're maybe in the midst of moving, so you maybe got some, some boxes or some noise in the background. That's okay, man. That's, that's life. That's part of where we're at now. And that's okay. We can create that kind of context and that agreement and that comfort to make it easier for people to turn their video on, to have that connection, to acknowledge their humanity. And in the example that you gave with your clients, it could be a conversation around, we're going to be meeting in person. What are you comfortable with? Do you want me to wear a mask? Do you not? Do you want to maintain the distance? Do you want six feet? Do you want 10 feet? What's most comfortable for you? We can simply ask and make those agreements. And the beauty in that is not only are we going to find a way that's right for all of us to do this, but you're acknowledging who they are and you're creating a stronger relationship because you're treating them that way versus just a piece on the chessboard who does work for you. Right, and that, that part's so important. <clears throat> um, one of the reasons why I am the boss that I am is because my entire career kind of growing up, like I felt unappreciated by workplaces, um, you know? you're always a cog, you're replaceable, you're, you know, you're here until you're not, <laughs> you know, and then, all right, bye. <laughs> when you're, you know, that's, I remember the first place I worked, I was there for like six years and, you know, because it was the first place I worked, six years seemed like an eternity, right? I mean, like I went through a, a 
transitional part of my life at that one restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had seen lots of people come and go. Um, and there was always a party. And then when I left, I didn't get a party. And yeah. I was really upset by that. Um, and I didn't understand what the, what the deal was and what it was, was that I had outlasted all the people who had been in that original connected group. And by the time I left, like no one cared anymore. Yeah. Yeah. When we feel like we are wanted and cared for, it has a huge impact on us psychologically. And it's actually something that if it's present will motivate us, if it's present will create engagement for us as employees. And so it is a huge, huge, important thing that does truly impact a lot of things that we care about as organizations, engagement, motivation, or people doing the work. If you harness people first, you're going to get the latter. and oh, go ahead. You, you have something yeah, to say. It's, it's the cycle of value. It's like you got to value your people so they value what they're doing, which creates the value for your customer. Right. Um, <laughs> you don't value your employee. It drops the value of your business and lowers the value to the client, which lowers yeah. the whole value of your business. Um, you have to value what you are what your process is and it needs to be in alignment with you and in alignment with the people that you employ or else it's not a good fit, you know, and that's okay. Um, You just want to find people who are aligned with your vision, your goals and your business, because that makes it more fluid. It makes it work because if people aren't aligned, it causes resistance and resistance causes gunk up and all these things to fall apart. Um, so it's important to have that person ability and get to know people because uh, again, that's how you also tap into what motivates them. If you know what drives John, it's easier to know how to, you know, incentivize him or at least create the atmosphere that is supportive. Say, I want to support you in your life's other goals outside of this work as long as you're supporting me and my business in this work, right? Like there, there, there's that agreement there. Uh, You know, it, we're in this together and we want to help each other get to the next level. Right. Right. Not I'm going to use you as a stepping stone for my next level. (laughs) Right. Right. And we've managed to hit the fourth point that we were talking about as well, which is the common humanity, the connection. We all are, motivated uh by things that treat us well (laughs) i mean you know to to maybe characterize it very generally is when somebody treats me well i'm going to feel much better about it than not when someone shows me that i'm valued i'm going to be more motivated to do work than not all of us feel this way we're all connected by being human and what drives us and what motivates us. And there's all things, excuse me, all of us have things in our lives that, you know, maybe are a little bit messy or things that aren't ideal. And if we acknowledge and recognize that of, you know, I've got kids, I've got dogs, um, 
I'm in the midst of, of moving some of those examples, right? Or I've got a small place and I got to find a place to be comfortable and be able to do work. And then my partner's in the other room and they're doing the same thing. If we just acknowledge that, that we're all going through this together and that all of our lives look like this, there's so much power in that. So we've really hit that fourth piece today of that common humanity as well. Yeah, I always say to people, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a hot mess. And I was like, you know what, here's the secret. We're all a hot mess. Um, Some of us just do it at higher levels than others. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's true. Like, I've gotten to know people that I looked up to as like, like superhumans. Like, I don't know how you do all this stuff. And like when the more and more I get to know them is just they just have more practice of doing things at a higher level and I guess it kind of comes like that whole strength analogy that we have is just like when you're cognitive about building strength eventually you're always going to be having to lift more and more weight to you know grow or maintain so when you're growing you're capable of more Um, and I think that's what people need to understand is is that Growth is expanding your capability and capacity for things. Um, it's not always about just like gaining. It's, it's stretching and it's, it's allowing for more room for more things. Um, so when you are growing, of course, you know, you can do more. But at the end of the day, you still have that humanity piece is like, I don't know what I'm doing any better than, you know, the next people who have done what I've done because we're all standing on the shoulders of the people of the past and taking things that work and reinventing them and, and switching, you know, that's what the world is, is it's a constant recycle of things in different fashions that works for, you know, different areas and different, um, you know, all the things that make us different, there's all these different systems, but they all intertwine very much into our humanity as very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if we look at religion, like they're all like, if you strip away all the stories and just look at the morals of everything, right. And not the specifics, they're almost exactly the same as, you know, they're all based in kindness, generosity, doing for others and, right. and, right. and caring and love and sharing the world. It, you know, there's no, no one saying like, yeah, be a tyrant. <laughs> like that's the way to live a life you know get as much as you can screw everyone else right right and to that point right it it kind of brings us honestly full circle when we're talking about making work personable again you know you're hitting the very first element we're talking about is getting away from the pure transactional nature of it as leaders re-interjecting something that shows you actually truly care about your folks and we talked about ways to do that It could be impromptu touch points. It could be in the meetings you already have set with them, but have conversations about them, not just about work and making sure that you actually dedicate time to do that for your folks as a leader. That was number one. Number two was the virtual connection piece of it in meetings, talking about having our camera on versus having our camera off and being able to have conversations more personable interactions with folks because we're getting what we need to do that and we're not inherently sending messages that break that apart 
by, yep, yep, I'm not gonna have my camera on today. Or I've had clients who've done this, who for the very first time that they're meeting me, will take a call in the car, um, not pay attention, not be set up to have conversations with me. In those times, I'm always gonna be who I am and I'm always gonna have my camera on, I'm always gonna be very polite and understanding and, and do the best that I can in that meeting because that's who I am. That's how I'm coming to it. I'm coming to create that connection. But as folks who don't do that, one of the things that we can do is take that step back and say, well, what am I doing that feeds into say this transactional nature, this lack of connection and how can I build that in? And that blends very nicely into that third piece that we talked about, which is the agreements piece of it. How do we wanna interact with people? How do we want to acknowledge that we're all going for the same thing and set the agreement of, you know what? Yeah, it's okay to have kids and family and dogs and things pop up. That's where we are right now. And that's okay. The uh, old saying of check your feelings at the door comes to mind. That's no longer applicable, right? We have had this thought of work has to be separate than life. But now instead of work-life balance, we're all truly living work-life integration. And we're realizing that your whole person comes to work, not just part of you. And when we actually break that open and break down that barrier and acknowledge that we are all human, that fourth thing that we talked about and that we're all going through this together and there's commonalities that bind us together, we will come out of this so much better and so much more connected and personable. And that can lead to these agreements of how we wanna have these interactions that allow us to feel much more connected to folks. So that's, I think my recap actually from, from today what, that we've talked about. Did I miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to, to add to that? No, I, I, think, I think you covered everything pretty well. Um, one thing I did notice about like some of the circles of people who are trying to do very personable Zoom sessions is that they are very clear that like participants who are not showing on video won't be invited to stay the length of the presentation. Mm -hmm. Like they, they are trying to, you know, they're not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but they're also trying to set a boundary saying that we're not gonna allow um, people to kind of half be in, half be out, you know, is like we were looking for, uh, we're setting you up for commitment. And this is part of the commitment. Um, and we can use these tools to really create whatever we want in the world. And one of the cool things that I've noticed about uh, COVID is that it really has, um, introduced a incredible amount of new innovation of how we do business, how we interact with people, the importance of what you're bringing out. Um, because even now we're starting to feel all the people who've been unappreciated, we're starting to feel their absence as the workforce is dwindling and we are not getting everything as fast as we once want. And, you know, there's going to be a huge wakening up of like, we need to kind of step back and think about how we can do this better as a team mm. instead of all of us just trying to survive. Yeah. 
I'll throw out one last real quick nugget that you actually just reminded me of, and this is something we can dive into in more detail in, in a later episode, but it's, are we talking at people or are we truly talking with them in the time that we have? That can help create this personal connection as well. If I have, say, someone who doesn't have their video off, or excuse me, video on, they may be presenting at the time. Uh, so mainly what we're gonna see is the presentation, but still we talked about that psychological impact that not having the video on has. And if they're just walking through that presentation and they're not asking questions, they're not checking in, they're not reading the audience and feeling what we're feeling and queuing off of the things that they see on the video, then they're just talking at us that further creates this disconnect and this transactional nature versus when we're truly actually interacting, engaging, and talking with people. So that's one last nugget, actually, that you you brought out that I wanted to share. So thank you, as always, my friend. <laughs> oh, you, you know it. Um, and, you know, to that, let's hear from you. Send us a voice, you know, recording. Let us know what you think about the show, what makes you resilient, what, you, what would you want to hear about? Um, we are... We're about to interview a bunch of guests. So like, stay tuned for that. That's the super exciting. Yeah, um, it's going to be great next couple of episodes that we'll, we're going to release. Yeah. So until next time, be the movement in your life. Love it. All right, Andrew. Thank you, my friend. To our listeners, thank you as well. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing. If you would like more information on coaching, look at striveformore.com to find Steve's business, or you can look for pet care options at pittsburghpetcare.com. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at contact at pittsburghpetcare.com. See you next time.